Welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. Coming up. The moment you start strengthening your tongue, a number of amazing things happen. Firstly, all the tissue underneath your chin, right up to your hyoid, the bone that's above your Adam's apple, it all lifts. If somebody is not able to raise their whole tongue and all of a sudden they learn to raise the back of their tongue, then you'll, you'll notice that immediately that tissue raises. And a lot of people have like this saggy sort of skin underneath their chin. That tissue immediately raises and it does that because the tongue is connected to that tissue underneath. I'm your host, Danielle Collins, and I'm the world-leading face yoga expert, best-selling author of the book, Danielle Collins Face Yoga, and creator of the international teacher training program, the Danielle Collins Face Yoga Method. 17 years ago, I healed myself from chronic illness, and I've spent the last 15 years teaching, sharing, and serving millions of people in person, on TV, and online to help them look and feel the best version of themselves. This podcast is about giving you simple, effective, natural tips and advice and sharing knowledge and insight from industry experts. If you have a friend who you think would enjoy this podcast, please share it on social media as it means so much if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast as it allows more people to feel healthier and happier naturally. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. This is the Face Yoga Expert Podcast. Hello friend, is your tongue in the correct positioning? Now that might sound a little bit strange, but over the years I have started to become really aware of how people's tongue posture can affect everything from the facial alignment to the strength of the lower face muscles to our posture. It can even affect our breathing and mean that we become more of a mouth breather if we've got incorrect tongue posture compared with a nasal breather. And nasal breathing is incredibly important for so many medical reasons, but also so many holistic reasons as well. I really wanted to get an absolute expert on the tongue onto the podcast. And even though I knew I could do a podcast where I talked a lot about tongue and tongue posture, I knew that if I got a holistic dentist who specialised in the tongue, that would be the best person to come on the podcast. So I'm delighted that this week I have got Dr. Shehab Faragala. He's a holistic dentist and he's a business owner of Myospots, which he will talk more about in this episode. He's had a dental practice on the Gold Coast in Australia for over a decade, and he really knows a lot about the benefits of tongue posture. He dedicates every single day to this. This is what he does in his practice, in his clinic, day in, day out. This episode is so informative. It's wonderful if you know that you want to strengthen and tone your lower face naturally, if you want to have better facial alignment. It's wonderful if you're looking to improve your posture, reduce your stress levels. And it's also great if you're a parent of children as well. It gives some really, really good advice about how we can help our children with tongue positioning. So I want to dive straight into this episode because I am super excited about it. So let's get into this week's episode with Dr. Shehab Faragala. Dr. Shehab, thank you so much for being on the Face Yoga Expert podcast. How are you doing today? Really good. Thanks for having me, Danielle. 
Well, I'm very excited to have you on. And there's so much I want to ask you. And one of the things I'm really interested to start off talking about is what actually made you interested in tongue posture and tongue positioning? And why is that now something which you dedicate every day to and you've dedicated your company to as well? Well, I'm a holistic dentist and my specialty at the moment is to treat children and get them to learn how to position their tongue correctly. So when I speak to children, the first thing I want them to do is to raise the tongue to the roof of their mouth. And I guess the biggest problem I saw is that a lot of children and adults are having low tongue posture. So that has huge health ramifications. And I realized that the tongue's not doing its job anymore. And instead, all the other muscles around the lips, the cheek, underneath the lips as well, they're becoming hyperactive. And when that happens, it actually changes the facial structure and it also affects your swallowing. And that has a lot of detrimental effects to the way your face develops. And even as an adult, how it continues to function. And so I, I thought, well, we've got to start working on this muscle and get this tongue elevated. And I'm not, I'm not the only one. There's literally thousands of practitioners around the world, myofunctional therapists, usually speech therapists, some are dentists, some are even orthodontists that work on uh, tongue posture. So I guess that was one of the things that I sort of got into and I realized, okay, if we can get this sorted out, then it will make a lot of the job easier for when I treat children, especially for early interceptive treatment. And I've got three children. So my eldest child had swollen adenoids and he developed a mouth breathing habit. And I um, remember going to a seminar talking about what happens when you start mouth breathing. The tongue starts dropping because in order to get air down into your lungs, you have to uh, drop your tongue. And when that happens, well, there's a lot of follow-on effects that happen after that. And I was, wow, well, if my son is doing this, I've got to start working out how to help him. And that was where I, I think probably that's when it first started to become a bit of an obsession in working out how to treat other children and get them to position their tongue correctly. That's so interesting. And in your experience and in your research, is this tongue position, this sort of lower tongue positioning and not being able to put the tongue to the roof of the mouth, something which you observe in almost all children, almost all adults, or is it something which is quite rare? How, how common is it to have a, an issue with our tongue positioning? It's so common that I get excited when I see people that have got really amazing tongue posture. Mm. I think what happened is that around the Industrial Revolution, when, when food started to become soft and when our lives started to change, when things like the ambient temperature inside our in homes became a little bit more artificial than what it used to be with air conditioning and things like that, and then foods became softer and uh, processed foods and all the additives and toxins and things like that, we started to see a large number of people that started to have low tongue posture. And, and Weston Price uh, documented it in Nutrition and Physical Degeneration, where, where this amazing dentist traveled the world and took 
took photos of people who were still living off the land and living in the indigenous uh, hunter-gatherer type lifestyle and compared those to people who who started to live closer to uh, shops and and they started to buy you know modern food and and he noticed even in twins that elongated faces tooth decay low tongue posture mouth breathing and those who started to eat this uh, new new type of diet compared to those who weren't and everybody who who were untouched by that maintained a more uh, square face with prominent uh, cheekbones, very large smiles where their maxilla, which is the top bone, is kind of like protruding out of their face, and very handsome, good-looking people. And then the moment that that changed, then all of a sudden you got people with elongated, elongated faces and low tongue posture. And one of the, the things that happen is that there's an inflammatory process that tends to happen in, in some of the people where they might end up with an allergic rhinitis when they're young. It might be very early on and their nose will get blocked and so they start breathing through their mouth and that becomes habitual. Later on, maybe when they're seven or eight years old or, or earlier, their adenoids, which are, which are like li these little little lymphatic nodes in the back of your throat, similar to your tonsils, they get swollen and block the airway through your nose. And when that happens, you then further get this problem of opening your mouth and having to lower your tongue and it becomes habitual. And even today, I seen this, this young boy who drove, uh, the parents drove him four hours to come and see me and, and how narrow the maxilla was. And he had a, a, a crossbite on the front, on his front teeth where his lower, lot, some of his lower teeth are in front of his upper teeth. And the poor child, uh, you could tell his lips were dry and he was mouth breathing and you can tell where his tongue was sitting low and when I told him to put his tongue up there it was it was almost like something foreign he didn't like he it was um difficult to get him to put it in the correct position and then after that after speaking to him for a little while he realized okay if I put my tongue up here that's where it should go and uh so to answer your question it's um very common and interestingly sometimes uh, you know, you end up seeing some people with amazing developed faces. And then one of the questions I'll ask him is, is where's your tongue right this second? And I'll say, well, it's up here, right up the top, um, just behind my two front teeth and the whole tongue is going up. And then they'll, they'll look at me strangely and they say, well, isn't everybody like that? And I'm like, no, mm -hmm. <laughs> they're not, they're not all like that. But so I would say maybe I'm a bit biased in the numbers because a lot of the people that see me, have issues with the development of their face. But generally speaking, I, th I saw a statistic that roughly one out of two, it could be more, one out of two uh, citizens in America are mouth breathers, meaning that they have, they, it's impossible for them to maintain an elevated tongue posture. So that's, I mean, and these numbers are growing as we get more and more inflamed, which will mean that there, there may come a time where the vast majority of people become mouth breathers with low tongue posture. So, wow. yes, it's very common. Yeah. Wow, that's absolutely fascinating. Would you be able to describe to us exactly the tongue positioning that we should all be maintaining throughout the day and obviously throughout the night? Because I feel like lots of people listening will be wondering whether their tongue actually is in the right position. So I'd love it if you could describe that. It's, it's probably easier if we start off with how it shouldn't be 
and then we can move into where it should go. But the first thing is that your tongue shouldn't be sitting between your teeth. That's an absolute no-no. And it shouldn't be sitting low down towards the bottom. So if it's sitting between your teeth, that's uh, called a tongue thrust. And that you don't want that because uh, the first thing is that it would, it can actually affect the way the position of your teeth and the position of your jaw. And the other thing is developing an incorrect swallowing pattern. And so when you swallow, it should be all tongue. So if you look in the mirror and you swallow, you get a little bit of water and you swallow. If there's any tiny, tiny movement around your lips, even like the tiny, like, you know, sometimes you can see where somebody's doing a little smile or even if they're, they're, you, you develop little wrinkles around the corner of your lips or, or even in your chin, the, te- the chin sometimes tenses up. Well, if there's any movement, then that's an incorrect swallow. And, and the reason that happens is because uh, when the tongue sits low, then if you don't compensate with these other muscles, then you'll dribble. So you have to catch the saliva or the food or the water, wherever it is. You've got to catch it with these other muscles. Otherwise, you'll dribble. So it's because the tongue isn't catching the food and pushing the food or the water or whatever it is to the roof of your mouth and then uh, pushing the bolus to the back of your throat and then swallowing. So that's how you develop this all this hyperactivity in these other muscles because the swallow is incorrect. Now, when the tongue is elevated correctly you should be able to hold like you should be able to hold a small portion of water in your mouth open your mouth and look down and you should water shouldn't come out you should be able to hold it like that not only that you should be able to swallow like that as well so you should be able to open your mouth with water a little bit of water in your mouth and hold it with your tongue up against the roof of your mouth and you should be able to swallow. And when you do that, it really identifies that you're not using any of the other muscles to compensate. If you could do that, then your tongue is generally in a good position, generally. But a good way to work out where your tongue should be is if you if we say the letter N and you hold on the letter, so you say N, then that's where the tip of the tongue should be. So it should be about two or three millimeters behind the gums that are connecting to your upper front teeth. And that's where that goes. But that's not where it ends. The back of the tongue should be going up as well. So it should be like the whole tongue should be like a blanket sitting up the roof there. And the way to work out where the back of the tongue goes, so if you say the word ring and hold on the ing part, the ng, that's where the back of the tongue goes up. So you could kind of – There's a couple of ways you could do it. You could say the word ring and hold on the NG for a few seconds. And then after you work out where the back should go, then you just raise the front and it should just be in the right spot. Or you could do it in reverse and say N and hold it on the N sound and then push the back up. And that's where initially when you haven't done that for a while, you'll feel like you want to choke (laughs) (laughs) because the tongue is sort of in that, you know, um, it kind of takes a bit of room down the back of your throat. And it's very difficult to have a forward head posture when your tongue is in the correct position because it's lifting all those muscles up. And it's um, and as it lifts all those muscles up, you find that it's difficult to have a forward head posture in order to keep a good elevated tongue posture. You kind of got to straighten up a little bit. And that's, um, and that's why you see all the yogis, they sit up so straight. And a, and a lot of the 
the practice from yogis. I don't know the names of the different yoga practices, but you do see that in some of the different practices, they do raise the tongue to the roof of the mouth and it helps them in their meditation. And that's why one of the reasons with slow breathing, lips together, tongue to the roof of the mouth, they tend to have really straight posture. I know they do other exercises as well, but that's part of the reason why their neck's so straight and, you know, in line with their shoulders and the ears in line with the shoulders and things like that. So practice doing that and see if you can get see if you can get your tongue in the right spot. And once it's up there, see if you can keep it there. That is um, that is key. Absolutely. And that is key. And that is why you have produced such an amazing product, which I'd love you to be able to chat to us a little bit about, which will help us keep the tongue in that position or definitely train the tongue to start to rest in that position. Would you be able to tell us a little bit about your myospots? Yeah. So myospots, um, we came up with the idea in late 2018 and it was basically to create these little little spots. They look like tiny little tablets that stick up in the end spots. So if you place it up there two or three millimeters behind your front teeth and hold it there for a few seconds, it just holds and sticks there on its own. And what will happens is that you raise your tongue to the roof of your mouth and it will slowly dissolve over about 45 minutes. But the only way it's going to dissolve is if your tongue is elevated. And so what happens is in 45 minutes of tongue elevation, you get training. So your muscles learn to raise up and you develop memory over two to three months. You can develop memory of your tongue elevating. So the reason we came up with the idea, there are there was a lot of information out there and some products that are not intended to be used for tongue elevation. Uh that had some, some what I would call, because I'm a holistic dentist, they weren't really holistic. And so there were different, that they were not intended for oral use. And so we thought we need to come up with something that is healthy and bio-friendly. And that's where we come up with myospots. The idea is to create something to remind the tongue to stay elevated. Because one of the difficulties we forget and I know with children and even adults, you'll tell them to raise their tongue. And unless they're very conscious and very dedicated, and I'm not saying that it's not possible because there's a lot of people out there, especially in the mewing. Have you heard of the mewing mewing community out there? No. The, the mewing community. So if anybody wants to YouTube or Google mewing, it's M-E-W-I-N-G. They're basically a community, a community of people that follow Dr. John new and Mike new his son orthodontists in the UK who are amazing orthodontists by the way Mike has come up with a, a small protocol of you know raise your tongue to the roof of your mouth keep your lips together make sure you chew hard foods and uh, if you do those things uh, regularly then you will end up noticing changes in your face and your teeth will straighten and things like that. And there's a lot of people online. You can see the before and after shots. It's amazing. Young people that are taking their, their orthodontic treatment into their own hands and developing their own faces by just, you know, following these simple protocols. So yeah, I guess that's where the, the idea came out to try and make things easier for people to try and elevate their tongue. It's also very important to, change the habit of mouth breathing to nasal breathing because 
the detrimental effects of mouth breathing, if you become a chronic mouth breather, it predisposes you to things like sleep apnea. There's research out there to show the connection, the correlation between ADHD and mouth breathing, you know, tooth decay, gingivitis, concentration, and even honestly, like things like muscular strength improves just by tongue elevation and nasal breathing as well. So there's a whole body of literature out there that really points towards the importance of nasal breathing and also tongue elevation. So yeah, that's that's where it sort of all came in to try and make something simple and easy to use for everyone. I think it's absolutely fascinating. And I mean, there's just so much I want to ask you. I mean, from a, a face yoga point of view and from a yoga point of view, the importance of nasal breathing, the importance of strengthening muscles, the tongue muscles included, is obviously something which I, I dedicate every single day to. But I'm so interested to hear it from your point of view as a real specialist, particularly of the tongue. And I'm wondering, is it ever too late for somebody? So perhaps they've been a mouth breather for 45 years. Perhaps there is issues with their jaw area. Perhaps they have dental issues, but they're thinking, actually, I would really like to strengthen my tongue. I would really like to become a nasal breather. And actually, aesthetically, I would really like to strengthen and tone my lower face by improving my tongue posture. Is it too late at any point or can anyone start? There is an overlap between myofunctional therapy and that's the the training of tongue posture and swallowing and the muscles of mastication and lips and face yoga. There is is some overlap. You you specialise in the muscles around the face And a lot of the times it's the superficial muscles and that has amazing effects because what can happen is that you can develop facial symmetry. You know, sometimes in, in, and I'm sure you've seen this a lot where you might have some people that may smile to one side and not the other. And, uh, and then what one muscle becomes slightly stronger on one side and not the other. And then by practicing face yoga, you even out the muscles on the left and right and that creates facial symmetry. And then there's other muscles that may weaken. And so by strengthening those muscles, then you tone the soft tissue that are attached to them and that improves facial aesthetics. With with myofunctional therapy, and, and what I mean by that, that's basically tongue posture and, and what we were talking about, is that there is an overlap. And and what why that is is because once you start strengthening your tongue, now tongue's a very strong muscle. And it's one of those muscles that it has one attachment, but it's free on the end. And it's amazing because you can stick out your tongue and there's no bony bits on the inside. And the amount of strength that it has is huge. But when it gets weak, then it can't do its job. So when the moment you start strengthening your tongue, a number of amazing things happen. Firstly, all the tissue underneath your chin, right up to your hyoid, the bone that's above your Adam's apple, it all lifts. If somebody is not able to raise their whole tongue and all of a sudden they learn to raise the back of their tongue, then you'll you'll notice that immediately that tissue raises. And a lot of people have like this saggy sort of skin underneath their chin. That tissue immediately raises. And it does that because the tongue is connected to that tissue underneath. So in terms of facial aesthetics, 
what happens is that you get an, a toning of the jaw and the tissue underneath the jaw. So that's the first thing that happens. But in terms of the muscles around the face, in terms of the lips and the chin and all that, what 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 can also happen is that when you raise the tongue, you learn to swallow correctly. And when you learn to swallow correctly, it's just a matter of time when that tongue becomes really strong. If you practice a few just swallowing and not moving any of the other muscles, then those muscles that are hyperactive, they can start relaxing. And that's what you want. Because if you think about it, if we're swallowing, uh, some research says up to 2,000 times a day. Now, there might not be major swallows, but there's a minor swallow of of tooth, and if you're doing that two thousand times a day, you can imagine pulling against your your face, your teeth, your chin, two thousand times a day. If if the lips are pulling backwards each time you swallow, if the the mentalis, the muscle underneath your lower lip is pulling back two thousand times a day, if that's all happening, your your buccinator, the the the, the little muscles on in your cheeks are, are becoming a bit uh, tense each time you swallow, then your lower and mid face never really kind of comes down and forward and you end up with you know things like uh, little creases down the corners of your lip you get like a puffiness in the cheeks and and that tends to sort of be uh, chronically it's aesthetically it's not very good but the interesting thing about aesthetics and beauty is that they're connected to health so generally speaking when somebody is aesthetically pleasing so to speak they tend to be healthier so and that's because you're functioning better and somehow in the back of our mind the way we sort of perceive things health and beauty are interconnected and so when the tongue is elevated and you learn to swallow without the necessity to use these other muscles then those muscles in the face relax and your face starts to develop a lot easier so you you improve the aesthetics in the mid lower face by tongue elevation as well. The other thing that happens is your forced to nasal breathe. So somebody who's who's uh, a chronic mouth breather and they want to learn how to breathe through their nose, tongue elevation is a great thing to practice because when you start getting that right, it forces your lips to close because when your tongue gets elevated, it pulls your your chin up as well, so your lips come together. And generally speaking, when your tongue's elevated, it seals the airway, so you start breathing through your nose, and you get all the amazing benefits of nasal breathing. And that's uh, that's things like releasing the nitric oxide every every breath you take in through your through, through the sinuses around your nose. And when that goes in your bloodstream, guess what it does? It opens up your blood vessels and it opens up your lungs, so you're able to absorb more oxygen and that's with every breath you take through your nose so tongue position and breathing are so interconnected and the the other i guess the the other thing that happens is when when your tongue is elevated and all the tissues pulled up then it 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 does help with making a patent airway because when you got that forward head position and it's very difficult to breathe with a tongue elevation. So as soon as your tongue is elevated and your head straightens up, then you're able to breathe a lot easier because the airway becomes a bit more patent. So yeah, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to that kind of thing, but I, it definitely does improve 
that part of the facial aesthetics. So I, I believe it's a really good interconnection between face yoga and tongue elevation. And, and if we could somehow incorporate the tongue elevation with the face yoga, the outcome will be even better than what it already is. Absolutely. I completely agree. And how often do you feel that we should be training the tongue or at least bringing our tongue into the correct posture? Should it be sort of throughout the day when we can, when we remember, or should we have a dedicated time each day or multiple times a day to bring our tongue into the correct position? Well, yeah, I I see what you're saying. I guess it's like any exercise. You want to sort of start off slow you don't want to get into anything too. So I guess it's, it's sort of like doing a plank. If you want to, if you plank for too long originally, initially you get fatigued and you won't want to do it anymore. When we issue Maya spots, we ask people to do it twice a day. And that gives you about two times 45 minutes a day. And you can do it while you're driving your car or if you could do it whenever. But if you're not using Maya spots, then I'd probably start a little bit slower and just raise your tongue for 10 to 15 minutes a day and consciously try and keep it up there. And if you do that for a couple of times a day and you do that over a couple of weeks, then you can start increasing the amount you do it. Eventually, what you want to do is you want to become a habitual tongue elevator where your tongue is always elevated and it's not just an exercise anymore. It's sort of like having good posture, whereas you you slouch a little bit, you want to have good posture all the time and not have any moments where you're slouching. And so, yeah, eventually you want it to become permanent. Absolutely. And as a parent of two little girls, I've got a four-year-old and an eight-year-old, I'm incredibly interested in it for from their point of view, their tongue posture. And of course, it's something which I have been aware of for a number of years. But talking to you today, I'm really thinking to myself, okay, so I need to work out where their tongue posture is. And I guess that the challenge that I'm feeling is how will I, if I do feel that their tongue isn't in the right position, how will I encourage them to train their tongue into the right position? Have you got any tips for parents with children that are thinking that they may like to help guide their children to have good tongue posture? Yeah, with children, it's quite difficult. I mean, one of the things that you can do to help children is to put aside a dedicated time. If you have, say, for instance, 10 minutes with children, well, I guess before that, you want to make sure they've got a patent nasal airway. And what that means is that their, their nose works. And so some children can't breathe through their nose. And that's really important to identify. A, a really good test to do is just to get them to take a sip of water and hold the water in their mouth without swallowing for two to three minutes. If they can do that, then generally speaking, they can breathe through their nose. Now, if they're a if they are a chronic mouth breather, that'll be a bit uncomfortable for them, but it doesn't mean that they can't use their nose. And once you start using your nose, it gets easier and easier and easier. But initially, because you're so used to uh, taking so much air through your mouth that you're accustomed to it, and the moment you switch to reducing the amount of air, it's uncomfortable. But if you can do that for a couple of minutes, it means that you can use your nose and you can start breathing through your nose. So that's the first thing because when you raise your tongue, you'll start breathing through your nose. A dedicated time is really important. The other thing is 
you would probably want to find out what their interests are. Some kids have some sporting interests and things like that. And if you could just explain to them that when you breathe through your nose, you're going to perform better. And there's a lot of research to support it. You, if you, if you like basketball, you'll be calmer. You'll be able to make better decisions. If you like soccer, I mean, if you, you know, get them to have a look at some famous athletes. Cristiano Ronaldo is a a great nasal breather with great tongue posture. Or if they like tennis, look at Roger Federer. He's a great nasal breather with tongue elevation. There are a lot. If they're into MMA, look at um, Khabib Nurmagomedov or or Israel Adesanya. Or they are all amazing nasal breathers. And it's not a coincidence that amazing athletes have a great nasal breathing with tongue elevation and that can motivate him because there's a there's research to show that you know you you just by elevating your tongue you get a 30 percent increase in your knee flexion strength and that's immediate and that's amazing so you can actually talk to them and say look i can actually help you become a better athlete if that's what they want or if they if there's difficulty in concentration i can help you concentrate more it's a type almost like a type of therapy and and sometimes just telling children that that's enough motivation for them to do that and so that's what i tend to do i tend to sort of put a dedicated time aside and then i'll try and speak to them about different motivating factors because once they understand why they're like oh okay the other motivation is that especially with um as children get a little bit older you know the 11 12 years old they start to become a bit more conscious of the way they look and you explain to them that well you know what it's it's actually going to help improve your smile. It's going to help uh, improve the development of your face and these kind of things. And that that in itself can be a motivating factor. So I guess there's a bit of psychology there to help motivate children. The other thing is you can always like try something like Myospots where that in itself doesn't make them try to think about that they have to do it. It's just in their mouth and their tongue automatically goes up and it becomes an exercise on its own. So there's a number of ways you can sort of do it, and uh, it just depends on what motivates the child, I guess. That's great. Wonderful, wonderful tips. And before we finish, I would love to hear from you from a personal point of view about your wellness routines and any sort of tips that you use for yourself, and it can be for your family as well, to just help your overall well-being and help your inner peace, I guess, as well. So I'd love you to just talk us through that as the final point. Yeah, sure. Uh, look, I met my good friend's father from Nigeria about 15 years ago, uh, he stayed at my house and went, while he was staying at my home, I noticed that he was doing these exercises in the morning, every morning without fail. And he would um, spend about 10 to 15 minutes doing it. And, and he's not, I mean, he's quite old, but he seems quite fit. And I asked him, what on earth are you doing? And he said, well, this is my morning routine. And he, he called it the 5BX, five basic exercises. And apparently it was developed by the Canadian Air Force so that, that the pilots can maintain their peak fitness and not need to go to a gym. I incorporated that into my daily routine but then I just altered it a little bit and it's and it's a very simple routine so I I do seven rounds of a hundred quick steps and in between each of the hundred 
I'll either do some push-ups or sit-ups or sometimes some squats, and I'll do seven sets of different exercises and I'll mix them around. I do that every morning, and that's probably one of my things that I try to maintain. So for it, for whatever reason, if I can't exercise, at least I do that, and that's probably my my thing that I do. And the other thing that I I do is um I try to do some breathing exercises, whether it's box breathing or whether it's slow breathing, and that tends to be my type of meditation. It's not a very long time. And I think that if I do that regularly, it just helps calm my mind. So they're my the things I do. But I guess whatever works for for you, uh, you can always alter and change it. And that's what I did when I changed the 5BX to my own type of version. That's great. Wonderful. And I think daily exercise and daily breathing, they're two of the best things you can do. That is fantastic. Dr. Shehab, I'd love you to be able to let everybody know where they can find out more about Myospots, more about you. Your Instagram handle as well would be great. The Myospots website is based in Australia. It's myospots.com, spelled M-Y-O-S-P-O-T-S.com. And we also have a distributor in the United States, Myo Made Easy. So it's M-Y-O Made Easy. And uh, our Instagram is basically Myospots. And if you look us up, you, uh, pretty much any questions that go through there, if, if there's any difficult questions, they eventually come to me and uh, Ibrahim as well. So that's basically where you can find us. And if you have any questions, you can always email us at info at myospots.com as well. Thank you. Dr. Shehab, what an amazing episode. You have been such a great guest and given us all so much valuable information. So a huge thank you to you. Uh, Thank you for having me, Danielle. Like I I really appreciate that because I know that your community and your audience are very health conscious and they practice these yoga things. So I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to speak to them. Thank you. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like more information on face yoga or you'd like to become a face yoga teacher, just head to our website, faceyogaexpert.com for more information. If you'd like to do a regular structured daily face yoga program to get the best results, you can either use one of my apps, just search Danielle Collins on your app store, or you can use my book, just search Danielle Collins Face Yoga on Amazon. And thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again next time.